You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of Locked On Utes. That is the brown bear in the chair himself, Brian Brown. I am Jake. Brian, what is up, my friend? I'm living like I'm a Bama football player, Jake. Higher than high. Hey, Alabama wins the national title. I think a pretty deserving champion, all things considered, with that victory last night. But we have got plenty to talk about on today's show. Kind of the roadmap of where we're going, Brian. Break it down for people. We're going to talk about a big day on the football field or, or more more accurately off the field for the University of Utah football team landing two big commitments. We're also going to pivot and talk about bringing back another pivotal player on the defensive side of the ball. What a surprise, Jake. Another defensive player returning to play at Utah. You'd never expect it. Yeah, running. And then we'll wrap, we'll wrap this up with some basketball talk. Yeah, the basketball talk. I feel like we're a broken <laughs> record at this point, but hey, we'll still talk about it on ahead on today's show. Plenty to get to. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Bet Online, as well as Rock Auto. We'll tell you about both of those companies a little later on in today's podcast. All right, Brian. Without further ado, let's break into it here. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for January twelfth, twenty twenty one. Once again, this is the Locked On Utes podcast. I'm Jay Catch. That is Brian Brown. We both work at the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, and we are your co-host duo covering all things Utah athletics every single day on this podcast. Brian, as we are fond of saying, this is your source every day for all things Utah, football, basketball, Red Rocks. You insert sport here that Utah I think participates in skiing, for example, we'll have it covered for you. We're going to be, we're talking about the swinging Utes or the pinging Utes, whatever you want to call the baseball team. Yeah. You know, I'm a fan of the lacrosse team. Steve Bartle and I were talking today about getting into the golf side of things. You know, yeah. maybe we can tag along caddy for some of the kids. I don't know. We're going to do whatever we can to talk Utah sports. By the way, that new golf facility state of the art, that is a game changer for Utah golf. And man, that place looks slick. So like like we said, we, we'll cover it all. So make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or a myriad of other apps. And as Brian said, five stars only with regards to our online reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. They really help us build this audience. Yep. And in the words of Martin Lawrence, tell your friends about me. Absolutely. Tell them about Locked on Utes. We always try to market ourselves. We're active on Twitter. If you don't know who Jake and I are on there, I, I don't know what corner of the internet you're hiding on, but that's how we build and, and grow. And that's how we can bring you more exciting content is, is by, you know, spreading the word. Yeah. Word of mouth, by the way, is a fantastic way to get the word out about this podcast. So thanks in advance for your support. All right, Brian, let's start off on the football front of things. And a huge commitment I feel like came yesterday in the form of former Oklahoma Sooners running back TJ Pledger. He will be a Ute in 2021. Yeah, it was one that the uh, the staff has been on top of for a long time. They, they've they've done a great job all throughout this portal 
uh, situation and not even just this year, but all along of, of staying on top of the transfer portal, making sure that they were keeping up with players that they'd, they'd even either had conversations with like Quinn and Jackson or players that they knew had talent or ability or ties to the program that could help them out. And TJ Pledger fits that fits that role. I think he's a, he's an interesting piece for them because I don't think he is the workhorse back that maybe people are conditioned to in terms of like a Devin Brumfield type or, or maybe even a Zach Moss where they are this big bruiser type. He's a little bit more of a, uh, a, a, a twitchy guy. He's got some juke to him. He's got some speed. He runs real high, you know, strong leg drive. You know, it's almost like he's driving into defenders with his knees rather than lowering, lowering his shoulders into him. And I think he's a really great fit for this team in terms of his, his agility, his, his ability, his, his speed and, and the weapons and the way that Utah can use him. I think, he he fits well with Makai Bernard and and Ricky Parks and and this system that Utah is trying to develop where they have more versatile running backs. You know, and I think that's actually a very underrated point what you made right there, Brian. Is you like to have different backs on a roster that can contribute in different ways. Uh, I look at, uh, for example, let's let's look at Alabama last night. Najee Harris is, I think, the prototypical running back that. Everybody and anybody in college football is looking for a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield, weighs 230 pounds, has extremely impressive footwork and has top end speed to boot. You know what? There are very few Najee Harris's out there in the world. So many times if you're a college football program in the case of Utah, and I think most of college football around the country, you need two or three guys to fill that role and be that quote unquote consummate back because very rarely do you find the entire package in one and Utah just lost maybe their one guy they had in that with Zach Moss. It, it is. And, and, you know, we talk about Najee Harris and, and there's only so many of them. Guess where they all play, Jake? They all play at Alabama. And we hey, saw them all tonight. What do you mean? The SEC? It mean, just means more. Yes. No, they do play down South. There's no doubt about that. And, and and so I think what Utah's done is they've found a style of running back that really suits their needs. And and I really like TJ Pledger because of, you know, every, everything that you said, I, I think he's coming from a blue blood program in, in Oklahoma. He's coming here hungry. I think Utah has a good reputation with these guys that are going into the transfer portal. Right. And I also don't think that this is going to be the last one that we see coming out of that portal for Utah. I, I, I'm not exactly, I can't guarantee you that it's going to be another transfer necessarily, but I know that they're not done at the running back position. And by the time all is said and done, they're going to have that spectrum of backs that can cover all the different options and things that they want to do with this team. And it's just, this offense is always going to be a run-based offense. It's, It's just, as long as Kyle Whittingham is the head coach at Utah, that's how he wants to do it. They pay him $5 million a year to do it. Nobody's going to complain about it. And I think next year they'll be well suited to compete for the conference title. And that's the funny thing about it. So I actually, Brett McMurphy is one of my favorite follows on Twitter with regards to college football. And he put out his top way too early top 25 rankings out there on stadium network, stadium.com or whatever their website is. And you know where he had Utah ranked Brian? 
No idea. I, 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 I admittedly, I was off of Twitter almost all day yesterday trying to get a package from FedEx. That's and nobody wants to hear that story. But I, I'm curious to hear you reveal this because knowing Brett McMurphy, it's going to be something both surprisingly accurate, but also very well thought out. Well, so it kind of goes with what you're thinking, what you were talking about with Utah really feeling like they can challenge for Pac, the Pac-12 championship, or at least the Pac-12 South title next year. He has Utah 11th in his pre or way too early top 25 rankings. And uh, I'm not going to lie based on what Utah appears to have coming back. And if the quarterback position is settled, regardless of who it is, Charlie Brewer, Cam rising, Jaquindon Jackson, whoever that might be, you get that position settled and Utah, I think very much is a top 15 caliber team nationally. Absolutely. They're returning a, a group on, on the defensive side of the football and we got great news about that that we'll talk about here in a minute in terms of that defense that that really excelled through five games. They didn't get nearly enough time to play the way that they wanted to uh, five games, right? Six. I don't even remember. Was, 2020 is just a blur. They had six games scheduled, ended up playing five. Right, right. So the bottom line is that this team is is deep. There is talent. There is talent that has seen a lot of time in 2020 where it was kind of a Oh, the developmental season, more or less. And and now they'll be returning position groups across the board that that have great returning experience. The offensive line, I think, has been the biggest concern for most Utah fans. This is the first year that I can remember in a long, long time that all five starters will be returning on the offensive line. And that is a huge, huge deal because the, these are five starters that we've all seen improve yeah. in, in games. The, and so you give them a full spring ball. You give them a complement of running backs that they can deal with. You've got a lot of weapons coming back on the outside in terms of the wide receivers. You've now got plenty of quarterback bodies at that position. And so no matter what style it is that that your team ends up evolving into, whether it's more of a running quarterback and we go with Jaquindon Jackson, if it's Cam Rising who's healthy, if it's Charlie Brewer who can come in and manage the game for you, you know, who knows if Peter Costelli maybe uh, goes to bed tomorrow night and wakes up and is is suddenly you know the incredible Hulk of quarterbacks and, and can step <laughs> into that role. We just don't know. But what Utah is finally prepared for is is all scenarios. And I don't think last year they were necessarily prepared for that. They had a few options here or there. A lot of it was wait and see. But the plan all along I think was to open that new stadium with the kind of team that could compete for a championship. And th- there's not a lot of opposition around the Pac-12 where you look at it and be like, nope, there's no way they can beat them. There's no way they can beat that team. There's no way they can beat that. The South is going to be wide open again. Yeah, it sure looks that way. The continuity on that offensive line is actually a very underrated point. We'll we'll discuss more of that as the offseason kind of rolls on here, but I do want to get to the good news that came with regards to Devin Lloyd. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Brian, we got some other Utah notes we need to get to with a big commitment as well locally, uh, just north of Salt Lake City, up at Weber High School. We'll talk about that, all that ahead in just a moment here, but we do need to take a minute today and talk about our great friends. Uh, just, they're a fantastic company, and that's betonline.ag, Brian. Uh, many of you are getting more and more into the sports betting world. Whether you like to do prop bets, you're a money line guy, you like to do it by the spread, uh, over under, no matter what it is, betonline.ag has the right option for you and they can get you taken care of. Jake, you could have made, you could have deposited a hundred bucks before the game last night. 
You would have gotten 150. You could have put all of that on Alabama and you could have been a lot of money's richer. You could have had like the 30 piece from Chick-fil-A instead of just the 10. <laughs> you could have put some money just on Devonte Smith in the first half and made bank. Like just there's a big opportunity staring you in the face and betonline.ag is the right option for you. As Brian said, they have a 50% welcome bonus right now. So what you need to do is go to betonline.ag. Free account, sign up there. And when you make your first deposit on their website, use the promo code locked on. It'll get you a 50% welcome bonus. So as Brian said, you deposit a hundred bucks. Guess what? All of a sudden you have 150 bucks to play with in your account. It is a great way to break into the sports betting world. So get off the bench and get in on the action and do it with betonline.ag. Once again, promo code locked on when you get there for that 50% welcome bonus. That's courtesy of bet online, your online sports book experts. Brian, as we just mentioned, some very good news came out on social media over the weekend, and we ran out of time yesterday to talk about it, but nonetheless, the return of Devin Lloyd to Utah in 2021, he's running it back one more time with this Utah defense, and man, is that a big, I guess, what we call it, an addition or a re-addition to this Utah defense as they chase that Pac-12 South title. Yeah, you thought the best commitment that they'd picked up in 2021 was T.J. Pledger. You were wrong because it's Devin Lloyd recommitting to the Utes. He's coming back for one more year, and I thought the video that he posted was very indicative of that. The whispers coming out early on were that he had a desire to return, and it's understandable. I think last year didn't leave a good taste in any of the players at the University of Utah's mouths. Uh, you know, and, and I think the tragedy behind Ty Jordan has probably caused a lot of those guys to reconsider what, what that program and the people around them at at the university of Utah really mean a lot of discussion lately about culture and, and culture and programs and companies and everything like that. It seems to be a very popular buzzword. I heard Chris Peterson on a, the move the sticks podcast talk about it. And, and he has some really fascinating ideas that I, that I agree with a lot. What I think Utah is proving is, is that they don't have a culture. They have a family in their football program. And this family wants to stay together as long as they can, because this is not just the first time that this has happened, right? We saw it happen with Bradley and I, Zach Moss, Tyler Huntley, Damari Simpkins, all those guys coming back for their senior seasons. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on of juniors that are returning for their senior year. And I think that for a guy like Devin Lloyd, it's a much better move to come back because there's only more money to be made. Yeah, and I think that's the one thing about this is many people thought, okay, why isn't he going to go and just make the money in the NFL? Well, he only had five games on film, and he's still, in many ways, a relative unknown in NFL circles because of just the lack of overall film that he has. I'm with you. There is plenty of money on the table for this young man. And if he has the 2021 season, I think we all kind of envision in our minds for him. He's looking, I think, at a day two at worst pick, and that's that's a lot more money than he probably would have made coming out this year. The race for, for Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year next year is wide open. It's it's he and the defensive end from Washington, basically. I, I think are probably the two best returning players. Talano Hufanga, who was an absolute standout in 2020, is now going to the NFL to do exactly what you're talking about. Devin Lloyd's not 25. He's not Chase Hansen, where he's been on a mission and he's registered 50 bazillion times. He, he's 22 years old. He has plenty of time. Get that guaranteed money right out of the shoot in the NFL. Go to a position and to a team where you can fit in seamlessly like Julian Blackman and and Jalen Johnson have have done rather than having to battle it out as a sixth round pick somewhere like 
Cleveland or, or, and that's not to knock on Cleveland. It's just, they don't need linebackers, right? You know, don't go somewhere where you're going to be stashed and put on a practice squad, go somewhere where you can step in and make an impact immediately and continue to make that money. Yeah. And that, that, that's the one thing there. And yeah, I'm with you. Is it Zion Tupuala Fatui? Is that ZTF is what they call him up there at Washington. In my opinion, I think you're right. It, 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 the early odds on the the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, I would say it's down to Devin Lloyd or him, depending on which guy you seem to favor. And we'll see what happens with that. But, man, is that a huge addition to get Devin Lloyd back for Utah? If I'm Kyle Whittingham and Morgan Scally, I am absolutely ecstatic to have him back, to be able to build around him. I think the combo of him and Nephi Sewell, in my opinion, Utah may just have the best tandem of linebackers in the Pac-12. Well, and the other aspect of it, too, is that you're going to get Devin Lloyd teaching Ethan Calvert, who's the highest rated recruit that Utah has had at linebacker yeah. in program history. And so that's going to allow him one more individual to rotate with you. So a lot of the success that Nephi Sewell had was because you could line him up at linebacker and drop him into the safety drops. You could put him in the slot like as, as a nickel. His versatility is really what made him so, so superb. And I thought. Sione Futu did a really good job of, of mixing and mingling into that now, but you're going to have some good rotations. You're going to have a guy who can give him some breaks and that's going to allow Devin to make every single play that he makes on the field count. And it, I, it's a great story. I think for the program, it, it's a great advertisement for what these guys buy into when they come to Utah, because it's not an easy place to play. The coaches really push you hard. It is a lot of work, but they've created an environment there where guys want to come back. And that's, you know, if you're a Utah football fan, that's exactly what you want. Yeah. And that's the one thing that family culture, because we, we've seen it before multiple guys over the past few years have passed on opportunities to go to the next level, to have one more run with their teammates at Utah. And I think it does really go back to that family mentality. They foster up on the Hill at Utah. Let's talk about one other guy here. We need to talk about on today's podcast in the football vein of things, Brian, and that is a commitment from Weber high school. And I say Amoa that last name should sound familiar because he is one of the sons of former Ute great Ben Moa. Uh, the Moa legacy at Utah rolls on here, and Isaiah, he's going to be a guy I'm excited to watch. I, you know me, I cover a lot of high school football for our station at the Zone Sports Network. He is one of those kids that I have watched for a couple of years now and said, you know what, when this kid makes it to the next level, he is going to be a standout player. He's already a four-star uh, rated prospect via 24 seven. Now the industry composite where the other sites are a little bit slower to jump on board. He's not quite there yet, but Utah's known about him for a long time. He knew where he wanted to go all along. I think this is one of those recruits that, that we talked a little bit about recruiting with basketball. Yes, sir. They just don't get here in the state of Utah, right? A legacy kid grew up here, tough as nails, plays in a great program. You know what you're getting with him. He's six, three, two, 10. He's only going to fill out that frame even more. And he has a lot of potential both at defensive end and, and at linebacker, but he's just, he's a madman when he plays, you know, the, the shades of his father, but on the defensive side of the football are very, very visible. You know, Benmo is a guy that used to fight MMA and I think he still does just not professionally anymore. now he's selling houses, which, you know, perfect transition, right? Absolutely. Come on. What, what, what better transition from mauling somebody to being like, Hey, would you like to buy this four bedroom, three bathroom house? Let me tell you, Jake, if I have somebody going in for a negotiation that has been literally in the cage, I'm going to win that negotiation every single time. Probably. But get, 
getting back to it, you know, I say is a perfect fit for the University of Utah, like we talked about. He, hardworking kid, comes from a great family, youth legacy. He, he's a great athlete. Like you said, too, he's a kid that you've seen on film for a while now that you just knew he was going to be great. There are some kids that you watch at the high school level and you just know. It, it, there's not a whole lot of evaluation that really needs to take place. And it's, a, it's another good start to a 2022 class that's already shaping up pretty nicely. No, that that's the one part about it is the, the the recruiting class is off to a good start here. Obviously, I guess the 2021 class isn't technically done yet. Uh, National Signing Day will be coming up here in a few weeks. Crazy to think that we've had the vast majority of the recruits that Utah's going to sign already signed, but we haven't had National Signing Day technically. But we'll get to that and we'll talk about that as it gets a little bit closer. But I just I cannot say enough about Isaiah Moa. I, I'm with you. I think he has got the frame that just screams to you. Okay, this is a kid who can play a myriad of positions, and he's got the bloodlines to back up the belief that the Utah football staff apparently has in him. And and Utah got the commitment early, and I think that's a big deal because we've seen in the past that with some of these guys, the longer you let them hang out there, you know, in in the breeze, so to speak, the quicker the other programs are to come in and sweep them up. And you know, I I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea that Utah is losing all their in-state recruits. And there are some guys that just want to go out of state no matter what you do. But I think it is just a very, very, here's the other part of it too. I say as a camp kid, he goes to all the seven on sevens. He he does all the, the, the travel stuff. Like he is a hardworking kid when it comes to football and he's going to be going and talking to all of his homies there and talking about how great Utah is. And it's just, you're not going to hit every kid every single year, but with this class that's coming up in 2022 in state, Utah's got a good chance with a lot of the top five guys. Yeah, and that's that's the positive news if you are a Utah football fan, and we'll be looking forward to tracking that moving forward. Brian, uh, one thing we need to get to before we go on today's podcast is we need to get to to some thoughts on Utah basketball. Another great first half sees it go by the wayside in another second half and a frustrating loss once again for Larry Kraskoviak's program. We'll break that down here in just a moment, but we need to take a moment today and talk to you about Rock Auto and Brian, right before we push record, you said you had a great uh, rock auto moment. So fill us in. Go ahead. I'm walking around at the grocery store the other day. I see that I, I, I've i known for a while that I need some windshield wipers. I need to do some, some tidying up on the car. I see the windshield wipers on sale. The first thing that pops in my head is I wonder how much those are at Rock Auto. Pull it up on my phone, Google it, realize that I'm $5 cheaper if I order it from Rock Auto. Throw everything else in there. Boom. Windshield wipers show up on my, on my, on my doorstep. We're ready to go. No questions asked fit perfectly, no issues. And that's the part about rock auto. That's so great. It's easy. They have everything that you need for your car, whether you're someone like me who likes to do their own brakes or own repairs, or if you're someone who just wants to make sure that the headlights are clean, they have everything to keep you covered. That's what I love about this company, by the way. And I, I talk about it. And you guys, most of you know, if you don't, I'm pulling back the curtain a little bit here. I also host the Locked On Cougars podcast, which covers BYU athletics. But we've been talking about Rock Auto on that podcast for almost two years now, it feels like. And we've talked a lot about different scenarios we found themselves in. But I felt like in 2020, Brian, a lot of people got back to the do-it-yourselfer type of thing. They wanted to have some, something to fill up their time. And many people out there, I think, got into the car realm and fixing up their own car. 
Rock Auto, got all the parts you need. As Brian said, he found windshield wipers for significantly cheaper. You go to rockauto.com, you can search out your vehicle, the model, the name, etc., and you'll have all the options available to you. While you're there, make sure to fill in the how did you hear about us box and mention locked on so that way that they know that we sent you guys. We cannot recommend this company enough. Love Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low pricing, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out now at rockauto.com. Brian, on our way out the door here on a Tuesday edition of the podcast, obviously Utah basketball was in action yesterday taking on the Colorado Buffaloes. And you watch the first half once again, and Utah races out to a lead, and you're like, okay, maybe this is the day. Maybe this is when they're going to break through. And then they come out in the second half, and they just further away a lead. And what was it, two made buckets, it felt like, in the first 10 minutes of that second half. And Colorado takes control of the game. And I feel like I'm a broken record saying, first half good, second half bad, Utah loses again. And it really wasn't much of a difference from the game previous, right? It was a very aggressive Utah team initially. We we saw a little difference in, in... I, it almost makes me feel like Larry Kriskoviak was listening when he said we didn't understand the rotations and everything like that. He, he brought a little bit more of the bench in to try and get some people some spells so that the team didn't tire out in the second half and they went the opposite direction. And I just, that's the part about it that I don't understand. This, this team is limited. I, I don't think there's any argument against it. Right. And it feels like teams, when they get in here, it's almost like they are still hesitant to just give them the open three pointers. And, and so they kind of, feel it out for the first half and realize that the only thing Utah really can do is, is go inside the paint and, and get those mid range and those close shots. There's just nothing on this team really where I feel confident in saying outside of maybe Alfonso Plummer, uh, that's a lights out offensive player from beyond the arc. And Ryland Jones has had a really tough season so far. And and I don't want to harp on guys because it's across the board, right? There's not one single player right now on this on this basketball team that you look at and point at and say, that guy is being awesome. That guy is carrying the load. That guy has really improved. They're all struggling. And you saw it again, same thing, jump out to an early lead, don't have the shooting in the second half as teams starting to lock down a little bit more defensively. Mm-hmm. And you can say that it's coaching and not making changes, but I don't know what changes you can make. <laughs> Eventually, you run out of options. That, that's the biggest thing about it. Uh, one thing I wanted to pass along is I talked to a, a guy. Uh, if I revealed his name, many of you would know who it was. But he's been a longtime observer of Utah hoops. And he made the comment to me, and this was with regards to Ryland Jones, but I feel like it extends out to the rosters you talked about, Brian, is the fact that Ryland Jones was a really cool story. A kid that was Mr. Basketball for Olympus High School. Made good. Came to play for his dad at the University of Utah. Uh, had a pretty good freshman campaign. Now he's a year older. There's a lot more tape on him. Uh, Pac-12 teams have a game plan for him. And in many ways, he's getting bullied on the court and he's just not been able to find the answer for that. And honestly, when he made that comment, my initial thought was, well, isn't that described the entirety of Utah's roster, it feels like right now? Yeah, there, there's not a a player out there that you watch them in game and think to yourself, that guy is outshining everybody. That guy is not letting himself be bullied. We've seen flashes of, from Timmy Allen in the first yeah. half. 
So why isn't it carrying over in the second half? That's, that's the real big question, because if you can do it for a half, you can do it for a whole game. Why are guys stopping? Is, is it a COVID issue where guys are still not quite catching their wind? Is it the scheduling? You know, this is such a year with so many variables to where we can't necessarily pick and point and choose. I I thought Ian Martinez did some good things tonight and Jackson Brentley, Brent Jackson, Brenchley is one of the few guys on this team who can throw a low post entry pass. So those are positives, right? Yeah. How do we go from having positives for a half or having positives here and there to having an entire team full of positives? And how do we get Ryland Jones who clearly the weight gain has affected his game, right? And then it should have made him tougher and and sure and more physical, but it's almost like he's not quite sure how to use that part of his game now. Yeah, but as it stands, Utah's now on a four-game losing streak. They are one in four in Pac-12 play. All four losses are Pac-12 losses. The last four. Uh, next opportunity is a home game against Stanford, and the Cardinal. Uh, that's going to be a tough opponent, and I'm, I'm afraid it might be five straight before. I think Cal is probably more of a toss-up in my mind. You may disagree with that, Brian, but I feel like. These next two games, we talked about it on yesterday's podcast. I really just feel like we're kind of rehashing yesterday's first part of the podcast. It's Groundhog Day right now, and that's unfortunate. But with four games packed so closely together, without some sort of really deep digging from all those players and and, and trying to, to find out and figure out where their hearts are at in this whole experience, I don't really see a whole ton changing. And that's coming from one of the more positive supportive Ute fans or, or Utah media members or whatever the heck it is that I do now. <laughs> I feel like these lines just get constantly blurred anymore, but yeah. um, you know, it, I just, you always want to be optimistic and, and see a program improve, especially when you're covering it. And I watch this team right now and I just don't see any signs of that. And, and so set your expectations accordingly. Yeah, absolutely. So they'll be up against Stanford coming up later this week. We'll preview that game as it gets a little bit closer here. But of course, we'll have everything covered for you guys each and every day. Uh, women's gymnastics, a huge meet on the road this weekend. Uh, we need to talk at some point about probably about that men's golf uh, facility, Brian. Maybe we need to get uh, the coaching staff on to talk about it because that seems like a game changer. There's going to be plenty of Utah talk for you guys in the coming days and weeks. The college football offseason is technically here, Brian. We are 228 days away from week zero games in college football. But you know what? We'll have plenty of Utah talk and plenty of Utah chatter in the meantime until college football regraces us with its presence. But that's what I love is this podcast. It does not stop even with a sport ending its season. Nope. We're nonstop. We're, we're go, go, go. And, and we're going to keep driving. And we want to bring more to your plate. Like I am the buffet of podcasters right now where I just want to load that thing up and let you digest every single thing that we can possibly bring, uh, bring to your mouths. Absolutely. Well, until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. Whenever you hear this, this has been the locked on Utes podcast for January 12th, 2021. And we will talk to you guys manana.